It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the GM Shuffle. Here's the key to Hertz's season. The key to his season has been the 41 points they've scored in the second quarter. When he's ahead like that, and, and that means run pass stays in effect, game over. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and Visa. And I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. Michael, we are now into week three. But before we get into all the week three news and notes, we got to look back at what we saw on Monday Night Football. Hurts so good, buddy. How about those Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, man. Man, I'm going to tell you what. There, You know, when I come into my office, I drive by about 50 Eagle flags, uh, <laughs> typically. Now it's up to 100 here in the great st- the city of Ocean City. I mean, look, it, it, Eagle fever is spreading madly. I mean, and give it credit. I mean, look, I, I've said this all offseason. They, they've done a nice job of building the team around the uncertainty of quarterback. And if the quarterback plays like he did Monday night, five incomplete passes, you know, had an interception really off of a tip ball and plays within himself like that, I mean, they're a hard team to play. They really are. I mean – it's hard to defend their run game. It's hard to defend that. It's the Oklahoma, I mean, the way they use him in the running game. I mean, the guy's got 28 carries already, Femi. Mm -hmm. The leading rusher is Sanders. He's got 30. So, you know, he's carrying, he's part of the offense. He's another player to defend in two dimensions, right? Run and pass. It's a little bit like Josh Allen. It, It really is a little bit like Josh Allen. And it's kind of, it was interesting Monday night. We saw the two of them. Allen mm-hmm. didn't run, but Hertz did, and both of them are throwing at a high percentage completion. And then, you know, Hertz is averaging nine point one yards per attempt, throwing it down the field. That that's significant. It's very significant what we saw from Jalen Hurts. 11 carries, 57 yards, two touchdowns in addition to 333 yards through the air, a touchdown and an interception on the broadcast. I went back and watched it since I was doing the show during the game live. Troy Aikman said that Hertz is almost like the power back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Miles Sanders is maybe that explosive back, and Hertz is the power back. 
I think there's no doubt about that. I mean, it's a single-wing offense. I've been saying this for almost a year now, you know, that they're running Oklahoma's offense. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to account for the quarterback. And Hurts is big. He's strong. He's in great shape. He's hard to tackle. What, what do Allen and Hurts have in common? They're both hard to tackle, and they're part of the offense. And if you take away the run game, see, I think what happened on Monday night, why was Hurts so effective in the passing game? Minnesota, under the direction of Ed Donatel, decided, look, I'm not giving up a big run to this guy. I'm going to play a lot of zone. I'm going to keep my eyes on the quarterback, and I'm going to make him throw the ball to beat me. Mm -hmm. It looks good on paper, but the receivers were so open that he did that, and he was very accurate with the football. So you're going to have to dis, you're going to have to take away that plan. I mean, you can't give him these easy throws. You're going to have to speed him up. You're going to have to make him throw the ball in the tight windows and risk, you know, risk him running with the football because he does that so well. He if once he sees an opening, he's gone. There's no hesitation. Well, isn't that the dilemma there of defending this Eagles offense with Jalen Hurts? Is that you're going to have to give up some of those. QB runs that could be backbreaking. We saw it in the Detroit game week one. How many third down conversions did Hurts make with his legs there? Are you comfortable as a defensive staff giving that up against this team? Well, I mean, if you don't understand how to rush the passer the right way, it really, everything about offensive football when it comes to the passing game is about how you control the pass rush. It's really about that. It, you know, and that's why the defensive coordinator spends more time with the secondary. To me, the defensive coordinator should spend more time with the D-line coach. Like, how are we orchestrating this rush? Because if you're going to stop Hurts or you're going to stop Kyler Murray, it's about the orchestration of the rush. If you go back to last year when Seattle beat Murray at the end of the year or when the Rams dominated him in a playoff game, it was all about how they rushed. You know, you want you want Hertz to run to his left. You want to pin him to the left. You want to move him that direction. So you, you've got to be able to do that. You got to have guys fresh because they're running a lot, right? These defensive linemen, they've got to be able to run, and and so you got to rotate them through. But the way to handle him is through the rush. It's not through oh, we're gonna you know do this and that and mix it up like like Todd Bowles did in that playoff game. Is this sustainable? For Philadelphia's offense with Hurts being the power back while also being the quarterback, because we talked about him running, but from the passing standpoint as well, 26 of 31 for 333, about as good a day of anyone in the NFL for week number two. Do you think that part of this is sustainable? Well, what I, if you're going to play zone against him and he's willing to make those throws and they called, the, they had the perfect call against every single defense. It's almost like they were reading Ed Donatel's mail. And, you know, and, and this offensive line's good enough to give him protection, which he needs. He needs that extra half second to see it, right? He does, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, and that's all going to come down to that. You're going to have to. But again, if you don't force him into a drop back game, look, the Eagle, here's the key to Hurts' season. Nobody would understand this, but the key to his season has been the 41 points they've scored in the second quarter, right? So they've scored 48 points at halftime. They're up 48 to 21 going into halftime when he's ahead like that and and that means run pass stays in effect game over however Mm. if it gets into where he's behind and it's all throw and you don't have to worry about all the runs now it's we'll see but to me I think the Eagles have played exactly where they've established the lead which is the most important thing in all of football and if you score 41 points in the second quarter in two games in two games you know, the Eagles have 62 points on the season. They haven't even scored a point in the fourth quarter, <laughs> which is why they didn't cover against Detroit. Yeah. 
this team, this Eagles team to me, it's a little reminiscent to what we saw in 2019 with the Baltimore Ravens, that team, Lamar Jackson's first year as a starter, and how they would get up to those big leads and then just railroad teams off the field because, like you mentioned, the run-pass element was always a part of their offense there. That's one of the reasons why I was in on the Eagles dating back to this offseason. I thought that they had so much talent. As long as Hurts continued to progress and they were able to get some of these leads, they're going to be difficult to stop in addition to the schedule being a little softer than most teams here. Oh, it's soft. This, this regular, yeah. it, could, it could be a dynamic regular season for Philadelphia. I think it will be, and I've said it all along. They were the not, not that the Utah Jazz are, are are the same Utah Jazz that we know, but what they <laughs> are the Utah Jazz, where mm-hmm. Gobert is dominating defensive player, Donovan Mitchell. You know, they had all those pieces. They were just destroying people. When they got into the playoffs, it became a harder game to play. I think that's going to be. But if if Hertz continues to go along this path where he's able to complete this volume of passes at a seventy percent clip, he's at sixty nine point nine percent right now. I mean, that goes, their execution has been outstanding. I mean, you can't take it away from them. And their lines, offensively and defensively, and I think the hidden secret on Monday night was they got after the quarterback. I mean, yeah. I know Kirk Cousins is horrendous on 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 anybody who bet Minnesota with Kirk Cousins' record. You know, past performance predicts future achievement. God bless you for doing it. You know, maybe you're going to hit gold. But the reality of it is here, I, I think that that front, the way they attacked him and they played man-to-man in the back end, and forced him to, they took away Dalvin Cook, and they took away Jefferson, and all of a sudden, Kirk was under pressure, and that ain't what Kirk wants to be like. The Eagles seem to have a lot of good players, and they showed up on Monday night. The other team that was on Monday night that showed up pretty well for themselves, the Buffalo Bills, we'll get into them in just a little bit there. I know our producer, Stephen Bond, as always with us on the ones and twos, he is interested in what you have to say about the Buffalo Bills, who, according to the betting market, this team could be an absolute juggernaut this season. But Michael, Jalen Hurts' college teammate, Tua Tungavailoa, ended up being the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. We talked about this on Monday, but... Begs to bring up once again here, 469 passing yards, six touchdown passes, the two interceptions, but a passer rating of 124.1. Is this a sign of things to come for Tua, or is this just kind of his day in the sun? I mean, look, as I said on Monday, credit him, and he deserves all the praise that he gets for being the NFL, uh, for throwing, for scoring 28 points uh, in 21 plays. I mean, you got it. That, that's mm-hmm. phenomenal. That That's not happening very much, but the guys were wide-ass open. I mean, and so... I think you're going to see an adjustment. Now, look, he goes and plays Buffalo. First time he played Buffalo last year, he got hurt in that game. That's when Brissett had to come in. They got shut out 35 to nothing. The second time they played him up in Buffalo, he struggled. You know, So we'll see how that moves forward. But look, that they're dynamic around him. They're dynamic around him. And he's accurate with the football on short passes. And the yards after the catch are going to continue to mount if people don't play him the right way. I mean, Baltimore had control of the game in the first half. I mean, when you look at, when you look at his first half statistics and you say, okay, wait a minute, wait, how did he do in the first half? Well, you know, in the first half, he was, he was 12 for 20 for only 150 yards. Right through two interceptions, had a 60 quarterback rating. It really became the fourth quarter for him. I mean, and that's the meltdown. I mean, that's where I'm sure John Harbaugh has, like he's sitting there saying, how did this happen? You know, they give up nine first downs in the third quarter. You know, they allow three for three on third down. I mean, they didn't even have to get in a fourth down. Blow coverages completely out. Can he do it again? I mean, I think Buffalo's done a good job of defending him. We'll see. Now, here's going to be the key. Will he play from in front? Will Buffalo play from in front like, you know, the Baltimore did? Buffalo will keep scoring. Baltimore didn't. So we'll see how that works out, how this offensive line blocks Buffalo. Buffalo's front's been really good this year. 
I think this is going to be a fantastic game. I, it's the best game on Sunday. I can't wait to watch it. Battle of 2-0 and o teams in the AFC East. We're going to learn a lot about Miami. I think we kind of know what Buffalo is as the best team in the NFL, but we're going to learn a lot about what the Miami Dolphins can be in 2022. We'll get into that game later on in this episode here as we break down the Sunday slate. But, Michael, we talked about this a little bit on Monday, and I asked you if you, think that, if you thought that Mike Evans would be suspended for a game about 30 minutes after we taped the podcast, the NFL comes down suspending <laughs> Mike Evans one game for the incident that we saw last week against the New Orleans Saints. They're getting into the altercation once again with Marshawn Lattimore. That's the biggest feud that we have in the NFL running to date here. But Evans will now be suspended one game. It was upheld after he appealed it. James Thrash and the appeals committee decided that he should be suspended. He was actually suspended for this J- in James Thrash is on the... James Thrash is on that. That's he, that's his James yeah. Thrash does that job. He does. I I, I was I surprised. Great, I, was surprised I got a great James Thrash story. Well, I got a great it. James Thrash story. So he's a college kid. I'm at the Eagles, and and he's coming out of college. And Dan Shanka, the guy who runs our lads, loved him coming out. Loved him. And mm-hmm. so we give him. So after the draft is over, we give him ten thousand dollars as a signing bonus. Right? Yeah. Classic. Give him ten thousand dollars to sign a bonus. Bring him to rookie minicamp, and Gruden just destroys the kid. Destroys the kid. <laughs> this fucking frash. He's no goddamn. Look at get it. We cut him after. Like we cut him afterwards. Ray Bob's like he's no. You know Gruden doesn't want him around, so we cut him. Washington claims him. He goes on and has a career. Every time I hear James Thrash, that's all I think about. Like literally, that was my lesson about. Gruden's inability to evaluate talent. That's where it all started. That's where the seeds were planted. So when you say James Thrash to me, it's like, oh, there's my memory. I just got it back. Oh, there it is. Get him out of here. I don't want this guy. He's no goddamn. Get him out. I got to coach. Look at this shit they're having me coach. Look at this. Yeah. He kept saying that all the time, but he's coaching Irving Fryer in his prime. Uh-huh. He's coaching, you know, Chris. He he killed Christy Jones. He thought Christy Jones was the worst until he, to, and then when he, he played well, you know, and so, you know, Ricky Waters, Charlie Gardner, you know, mm-hmm. we had no, we had no players. And like, I'm not making this up. There's, there's validation behind this. Poor Dan Shaka. He went out on a limb, you know, and loved this guy, head held down when we cut him. Guy plays what, six, seven years in the league? Uh, it was longer than that. He played from 97 to 2008. He played 12, there you go. 12 years in the league. And uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. He made his way back to Philadelphia from 2001 to 2003 when well, Andy Reid was there. Yeah, when Andy was there, after it got done, you know, I mean, it was like, get him out of here. I don't want this guy can't play. Okay. Now, I'm sure they'll all deny it. Like, they'll yeah. get anything. No, seriously. I know it because when you hit me with that name, it was like, oh, I'm back in, I'm back in that, and back at Vet Stadium where I remember in that. Yeah, he's a part, he's the NFL's hearing officer now. Uh, that's a name that I oh, hadn't I, I didn't heard that name in at least a solid 15 years. I always remember him back in those days. Eagles, Cowboys, those games in the early 2000s. But uh, James Thrash decided to uphold Evans' suspension for one game here. Uh, do you agree with Evans being suspended for one game after his altercation once again with Marshawn Lattimore, which actually happened in 2017? He was suspended for it back then as well. I, I mean, yeah, because if you don't, the next time they play – you're going to, you know, it, th- th- there's no consequences to it, right? Mm-hmm. So when you suspend them, that's a game check. That's a game check, right? You know, so yeah. cha-ching, you know, look, the, you know, the only thing that registers is the check. You know, it's like, you know, writing on the blackboard, I will not do that again, ain't going to work. Take cash, <laughs> that works. 
yeah, cash is the biggest thing that makes the the world. Cash go works, man. It works. Yeah, it, it absolutely sense. works. So, I mean, to me, this is like you know, you send this to the to the thrash committee, you know. <laughs> I mean, and it, it's getting rejected like Bill Russell going down the lane. There's no chance. Like, you know, the the they have a stamp. The thrash committee has a stamp in his office. Rejected. It was a win that was costly for the Buccaneers, given their wide receiver situation with Godwin. Oh, man. He has the hamstring. Julio Jones, of course, he's hurt here in 2022. Uh, not a whole lot of wide receiver depth for Brady to work with as they now take on the Green Bay Packers. We'll get into that game more when we talk about Sunday's slate. But in addition to Evans, Bruce Arians, now the senior advisor <laughs> to Jason Light, the general manager, he also got a warning for mixing it up a little bit. We know B.A. He likes to talk a little bit of trash out there on the sidelines. All that was missing was Sean Payton maybe on the New Orleans sideline to talk a little bit trash back. But B.A. gets a little bit of a warning for his involvement in some of the uh, brouhaha that we saw in New Orleans this past Sunday. Well, I, I asked you before we started the pot, like, what the fuck was he doing on the sideline? Like, like <laughs> that, that seriously, was, was what's he question. doing down there? So, so here's yeah, the skinny then, on that. Oh, just, yeah, uh, here, go ahead. Fi here, fire away. Here's the skinny. So I'm reading a, a story right now that talks about how Arians and both Jason Light were on the sideline rather than upstairs in the booth because head coach Todd Bowles said the Saints did not provide a booth. The Saints said they did provide seating for both Arians and Light in the press box. So you're getting two rivals saying, all right, we did, we didn't, no, whatever well, for, happened. Time out. TV timeout here. Okay, timeout, right? <laughs> let's go let's go let's go to the re replay booth here. You know, like that commercial with Progressive when they go to the replay booth, like how many of us men have lived that scenario, you know, where we think something and and, and the woman's always right. I mean, it's horrible. But anyway, so let let's go to the replay booth here. First of all, I, in all my years in the National Football League, the 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 NF, the team the, the visiting team has never given a private booth to the staff. They give it to the owner, right? The owner gets mm -hmm. a suite. But you sit in the press box, right? There were times where when I first started the Raiders, Al Davis on the road used to sit in the press box. Now, it was uncomfortable because he was MF and everybody and he was loud and you could hear <laughs> everything. So eventually he had to move to the owner's box because he wanted to watch the game, you know, without the distractions of the people around him. You like to me every time I've been on the road, they give you seats in the press box, and you sit there, and that's where you watch the game. I, I've never been, you know, I, I don't want to watch the game in the owner's booth because he's got people in there with, you know, he's got all his friends and everybody in there, and they're asking you questions. You can't concentrate, and it puts you in a horrible position, you know, when the coaches does something wrong and they think it's wrong, but you can't explain it, and you know, it's just a mess. Like to me, <laughs> no, no. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know why he was – why didn't he just take the seat? Like, just sit in the press box. Like, the Saints are completely in the right here. Like, there's nothing that – like, they don't have to provide them with a suite. So, uh, you know, they have to do that. Like, So why did Tampa expect a, a suite here? Why, why, why was that I the expectation? I, I have no idea. Maybe if the owner – now, if the owners – if the Glazier family didn't come to the game – you know, and they weren't coming, and then maybe the Saints said, okay, since you're not coming, we're not providing you with a suite. But, but that never happens. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know why the, the Bucks would expect that maybe last year they got one and this year they didn't. I don't know. You know, but for me, to me, like, I never wanted to be on the field for I could I can't watch the game from the field. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't tell you what I see from the field. I have to see the game from above. And so when I walk off a practice field, like I, I can tell what, how it went, but I got to watch the tape, right? Mm -hmm. Some people that can 
some people can watch the game from the field and have it. I can't. Like, I'm sure Bruce could. I can't imagine Jason Light's very good on the field. You know, I'm sure he probably the same as me because he spent his whole life looking down. So, to me, it's the only chance you have. I, I don't know. To me, this is a and what's and and to me, like show some composure down there, Bruce. Like seriously, you can't get all emotional. <laughs> it's a couple of rivals mixing it up. Bucks Saints. Uh, the next time they play, it'll be in Tampa. We'll see if the Bucks provide Mickey Loomis and the crew with a booth up there <laughs> in in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium. But Michael, let's take our first quick break. On the other side, Thursday night football, and it's an AFC North clash between the Steelers and the Browns. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Michael, we have week number three kicking off tonight in Cleveland between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns at our show sponsor, DraftKings. The Browns four-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Total 38-and-a-half, potentially some weather in Cleveland with some of that wind whipping off of the lake there right next to the stadium. Uh, what do you think is going to happen tonight here? It's not the sexiest matchup of quarterbacks, but should be a pretty competitive game between Trubisky and Brissett. Well, I mean, last year, you know, last year the Steelers, as bad as they were, they won both games. I mean, they won a 16-10 to 10 game, and then in the last year, I think, you know, it was, what, 26-14 or something like that at the end. I mean, look, the, the, the Steelers kind of have been able to and, and play the run. The Steelers ran the ball effectively against them, you know. They were able to run the ball. They threw. I think the first game they ran for 190 yards, and the second game they ran for a buck 15. So they were able to cut the clock down and control it. And the Browns were beat up last year. To me, just watching the Steelers play, especially at the end of the game against New England, they really had a hard time stopping the run. As the game wore on, they had a hard time stopping the run. I think Brissett has played perfectly for what they're asking him to do for Cleveland. I think he's played within himself. He's played poised. He's under control. He's had one turnover. That was the end of the Jet game. But, you know, this Brown team should be 2-0. and uh, And the Steeler team, frankly, should be 0-2. I mean, mm-hmm. as many yards as they gave up. I think this is a game the Browns got to dominate from start to finish. Put pressure on Trubisky. Here's the, you know, I keep saying this about Trubisky. Trubisky can only run a play that works in practice. So he's practiced it. It comes off the way it goes. When you get Trubisky on a short week where he doesn't have really – where he's getting mental reps, not not physical reps, right? 
See, this has nothing to do with intelligence, right? People misconstrue this. This is all about how you learn, right? One of the things that I think is really important in life is to understand, and I wrote this for the Daily Coach next week, Peter Drucker talks about managing oneself, right? And how do we learn? Like, how are we in the process of learning? For example, I'll give you a story. Uh, Dwight Eisenhower, when he was the head of the Allied Command Forces, he would, he would go and talk to the media in, uh, to go and assess how the battles are going in Europe. Well, a half hour before the, 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 the press conference, he made all the writers submit questions to him. And he got those questions, he prepared for the answers, and he gave succinct, close, tightly uh, uh, framed answers. Mm -hmm. The media fell in love with him. They absolutely loved him, right? When he became the 34th president of the United States, he then got away from that. He just went to the press conference and he had to ad lib. So Drucker calls this, are you a listener or are you a reader? So he was a reader and then he tried to become a listener and his answers were horrible. He butchered the English language, much like I do. He didn't answer the questions. He was horrible at it. So he didn't really know who he was. He didn't know who he was. So when you're looking at Trubisky, you, you got to know who he is, right? You got to manage oneself. And for me, when Trubisky doesn't get those m physical reps on the field, okay, here's the way they're playing it. Here's what's going to happen. And here it go we throw the ball here. And if it goes that way, he'll look good. If it skews up a little bit, no, it's bad. Now, what the, the way I just explained it, there's a huge margin for mistakes, which is why Trubisky isn't a very good player. And that explains Trubisky. That's what Ryan Pace missed about him. It was the same reason why he didn't play for three years at North Carolina because of this. So, you know, managing oneself and understanding it, this was what Pittsburgh's, to me, in a tough dilemma tonight because they don't have – they Trubisky needs as many reps as he could get against the team he's going to play. Michael, I'm not just saying this to butter up to you, but I think that might be one of the best explanations and one of the best analogies I've heard for a quarterback that needs to see it before they can actually process and comprehend what's going on there. Like, that's a perfect analogy. And I'd never heard that but, Dwight Eisenhower story either. <laughs> well, I mean, like, look, to me, it's like, it, and it applies. Like, how do we learn? Like, I am yeah. better learning through visuals than I am through anything. So if mm -hmm. YouTube has a way to explain how to use the meat thermometer on the grill, I'm not reading what they write. I'm going to watch it, right? I'm visual. Players are the same way, right? Players are the same way. And quarterbacks, like quarterbacks are the same way. We, I learned this back in Cleveland in 91. We had this kid, John Thornton, not the West Virginia John Thornton. This is the, I wrote about him in Gridiron Genius. This is the Cincinnati defensive tackle. And, and Femi, he was a man. I mean, this was mm -hmm. a man and tough. You know, and we would put him out at practice and he would just kill practice, right? And Belichick and I would look at each other and say, holy shit, we got to get this guy up on the team. Well, we put him up and he was a disaster, okay? It looks so bad. Why? Because he was a card player. He saw what the card told him to do and he mm -hmm. did it really well. When the game became run or pass, he couldn't do anything, okay? When he had to figure it out, is it a run? Is it a pass? What do I do here? Horrible. Horrible. And that's a lot like quarterbacks, right? So can they figure out? How do you teach them? How do they learn? And Trubisky is a, is a physical rep learner. Like, yeah. That's a question scouts have to ask on every position. How does this player learn? Don't call them dumb because a lot of guys that are dumb learn different ways. 
if you're you're dumb if you try to teach the player the way he can't learn. I agreed. It's it's thriving in chaos, and some guys aren't able to do it as well as others. But I 100% agree there. Some guys, it's we all are different in society, and all the different in, in the, every walk yeah. of life here. So uh, it's, you got to understand and learn. And, and what that's that's most what made do. right, Femi, and that's what made me laugh comically about how Trubisky went to Buffalo and got his career turned around. Right. You know, he got his career turned around because Buffalo taught him. No, 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 no. He could have gone to Mars unless he has this way, unless he can run a college offense, which is, okay, we're throwing it here, we're throwing it there. That's it, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and Matt Canada is trying to do some of that, right? Like, if, if Pittsburgh stays in the game tonight, it'll be because he throws a lot of one-route throws, jump balls, and these Steeler receivers make plays on them, and they beat the Browns' corners. You know, look, here's the thing about the Browns that, that, that's got to concern you as a Browns fan. You've played two games, right? You've played two games. You've played really good defense for 55 minutes in those games. But you've blown two coverages for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Two. Not one, two. So how Joe Woods is teaching and adapting and making calls on the field is a concern. Because when you give up free access touchdowns, like they did against Carolina to Robbie Anderson, like they did against uh, the Jets to Corey Davis. You're, you got something going on with your teaching. You got something going on with your communication on the field. Could that happen tonight? Hell yeah, it scares the shit out of me. Who wins tonight? I think Cleveland should win. I think they should cover. Again, I, I, I think to me, New England, that game was a lot closer than the score indicated. Partly because yeah. Mac Jones, Mac Jones is going to get his ass benched if he don't if he don't stop turning the ball over. Like I could see it in the head coach's eyes. Like like this wow. ain't going to work. Like the guy that protects you got to protect. Now I'm not saying he's going to get benched for Brian Hoyer, but yeah. I'm saying he's going to keep getting. It's it's not going to be a long term if he keeps wanting to turn this ball over on stupid shit like stupid stuff. Like he throws a post in a double coverage. You know, like why do that? I I look. There's turnovers have to be evaluated on like just Jalen Hurts' turnover the other day counts as an interception for him. It was a tip ball. The guy was, you know, that really shouldn't count on the quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. That shouldn't. We all, well, after the game, oh, the guy had three interceptions. Okay. But were they mental interceptions or were they physical interceptions? You know, Hurts was not, was a physical, the guy tipped the ball, his own guy tipped the ball up in the air. Whereas Mac Jones are mental interceptions. Those are the ones that kill you. That's what Trubisky takes make what happens. And so to me, I, I think unless, uh, you know, unless he plays a perfect game and doesn't turn it over, I, I just think to me this Pittsburgh team has a hard time. Minka's hurt. Minka Fitzpatrick's not 100%. You know, now they don't have Clowney. But at the end of the day, it's going to be stopping the Pittsburgh run game and forcing Trubisky to have to play from behind. Michael, let's evaluate some teams on the other side. Six of them 2-0, five of them 0-2. We discuss that next here on the GM Shuffle. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Michael, let's pull out the confidence meter here for some teams mm-hmm. in the NFL. Six of them 2-0, and 
five of them 0-2. And I want to start with the 2-0 and teams. And specifically, I want to start with the Buffalo Bills. They are the Super Bowl favorites. They've been the Super Bowl favorites since about March of this year. And so far, so good for Bills Mafia. 2-0, and point differential of plus 55. Get this, Michael. One sportsbook here in Las Vegas has the Bills at plus 250 to win the Super Bowl. You have to go all the way back to the 2007 Patriots to see a team with that short of odds entering week number three to hoist the Lombardi Trophy. Is this Bills team, do they stand above the rest of these 2-0 teams in the rest of the league, in your opinion? I mean, I think when you evaluate teams, you got to play it in your head. How do you have to play them to beat them, mm-hmm. right? Like, how do you have to play them, all right? So you say, well, okay, Tennessee, and this is where I, I screwed up last week, giving out Tennessee and the 10 points. You know, Tennessee will reduce the game. Run the ball, you know, keep Josh Allen next to Sean McDermott. You know, have him only have the ball 25 minutes, yada, yada, yada. Well, they couldn't run the ball. Buffalo's run defense for however bad it looked in New England against New England in the win game has changed, right? So since that game in New England, they've played nine games, regular season games and playoffs. Mm-hmm. Of those nine games, they've seven of them, they've gone over 400 yards. So... Like, like that's why those odds are like the Patriots in 07 because this offense is so explosive. So when the defense doesn't allow you to run the ball and control the pace of the game and the offense is getting at bats, they're going to gain their yards. It's, just, gonna be, it's hard to stop them. So how do you visualize playing them? I think the only way you visualize playing them is you've got to get into a track meet and hope it's tennis basically and hope you can hold serve once or twice in the game. I think that's hard to do. I mean, I think what, what the punter in New, uh, uh, Buffalo's got the easiest job in the world, oh, yeah. other than staying warm on Sunday. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's you know because he's not going to punt. So I, I think they're for real because I don't see a way of playing them that sustain that every team can do. Like I think it's hard. Like Kansas City might be able to do it and beat them in a one game. Okay, I mm-hmm. got that. But tell me another team that's going to play them and be able to match them. Could Baltimore play them and match them? Might be challenging, you know? Might be. The, the Chargers might be able to. The Chargers might be able to. So there's, you know, they're, they're not unbeatable, but they're hard to play. And I think that's why the odds are tilted that way. I think they are for real, for real, for real. It might sound silly to ask this heading into week three, but is there a chance that we could see a potential... 17 and 0 season. I'm looking at the schedule right now, Michael, for the Bills, and we'll get to the other 2 and 0 teams here in just a bit. But I think this would be interesting. At Miami this Sunday could be tricky. At Baltimore, so we'll find out if the Ravens can play with them next week on October 2nd. Then they're home against the Steelers at the Chiefs Week Six. That's going to be a monster showdown. Then the bye week, Week Seven. That, that, oh, you, you want to stop that, on that's Chiefs? That's the one. Okay, that's the one. I mean, I think that could be the one that could. I mean, if there's going to be one, I mean, Baltimore could upset them too, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Baltimore's always, you know, but Baltimore's got that one player. You're going to need somebody who tilts the field for you. Lamar tilts it for them. Mahomes tilts it for them. Mm-hmm. You know, Trubisky's not going to tilt it for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's going to need everything to go right, yeah. and they still might lose. <laughs> yeah, need to force five turnovers and need all of overtime to, to win the football game against Cincinnati. What do you think and, is going to happen because our man Zach, <laughs> Only because our man Zach Wilson has, still has no idea how to manage the clock. Still. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, they should take the clocks down in Cincinnati. Zach doesn't give a shit about them. 
I, I don't know do. why they have them. <laughs> just keep it on the field. Let the officials just run it. Zach could give a shit about it, you know? It's like middle school football with no scoreboard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why, why, why have a scoreboard? Zach's probably looking at scoreboard. What do we need that for? I, I don't even pay attention to that. But this Buffalo team, it looks like they're going to have an elite season, barring health, and we hope they're able to stay healthy. We hope all these teams are able to help stay healthy. But think about what their secondary is doing without Tredavious White. Imagine when he comes back. They have Kyer Elam playing well. Poyer and Hyde. I know Hyde's a little bit banged up this week. But, man, they're going to be a really good team. And especially if they have a lead, and that's my thing. If this team gets a lead on you, good luck coming back against them with Von Miller coming off of the edge and that secondary being well, as good as it is. I mean, the, to me, the thing, the key to this game going on, and one of the things I do on my stat sheet every week is is looking at negative plays. And for Buffalo to play good defense against this Miami team, it's not going to be their secondary. It's going to be their ability to get Tua into second and 15, to get Tua mm-hmm. into, you know, third and 12, to get Tua into first and 20. Like, that's you got to force negative plays. Two type of negative plays: negative plays that create turnovers, and negative plays that just create negative plays. Right. So, so when you're, you know, when you force a negative play that creates a turnover, it's because he had to get rid of the ball too soon by pressure, and you pick it off. Whereas if you force a negative play with a sack, that's just a negative play. But now it changes how the quarterback has to function. And if you don't, if you allow Tua to stay in second and six and third and two, and all the the field is is perfect for him, he he's going. It's going to be a hard for Buffalo to get off the field. We saw that in the opening drive by Tennessee. But once it became challenging, once they kept trying to run the USC toss, and it's second and fourteen, Tannehill was screwed. That's a situation in Tennessee that we'll get into with the 0-2 teams. But I want to talk more about some of these 2 and O's. Buffalo, we know that they're legit best team in the league as we sit here on September 22nd. Kansas City, you mentioned, is a team that could be a challenger to Buffalo. Where are you at with the Chiefs right now at 2-0? and Really impressive week one. In my opinion, probably should have lost week two against the Chargers, if not for a couple things breaking their way. What do you make of the Chiefs here through two weeks? I, I, I think the Chiefs are will get better because Reed's teams typically get better as the year goes on. And they play well to start out too. But I think to me, the more teams look at how they want to move the football, I think it'll become harder and harder. It was hard to move the football against the Chargers, right? And if it's not for the Hilaire run, you know, to really, that seals the game, you know, that the the Chargers kind of got misaligned and weren't perfectly situated defensively. I think they lose that game too. So... I think that I think the the Chiefs are very beatable. Yeah. I could see the Chiefs losing to Denver. I could see the Chiefs losing to the Raiders. Like I think the Chiefs are. I'm not saying they're very beatable. They're beatable. Whereas you know, but they have a kind of team that can score. You know that that can score. I mean, Miami can score with explosive plays. There's no denying it because of Tyreek Hill. Now, can they make explosive plays when there's not free access and there's not wide open guys? That remains to be seen. Dolphins playoff team and that's the ceiling or do you think that this team could potentially make a deep run in January I mean look I think the Dolphins unless you really understand how to defend them and rush two of the right way they're going to win their share of games you know you've got to rush them inside you've got to put pressure on them and you got to force negative plays I think for 2-0 and I mean they've been in two games they should have lost last week they are a one-on-one team they're beatable I mm-hmm. think they lose six games seven games I think they'll make the playoffs I think you better make sure you understand how to take them away. And I think a lot of these coordinators in the league don't understand that. You know, they don't take away a guy. 
Like, you got to take away the player. You got to take away Tyreek Hill. You can't let him just run around on you. He's still going to make plays like he did against New England. He's still going to jump ball. He's, you know, four inches shorter than the guy he's jumping with, and he out-rebounds out him. So, but I'm not sold they're good enough defensively. This will be a true test for him. They, and especially if Xavier Howard doesn't play on Sunday, how are they going to match up to the receivers and how are they going to handle Josh Allen? That's going to be a challenge. I'm not sure many people had two NFC East teams at 2-0, and and I don't think anybody had the New York Giants being one of those teams. It's both the Eagles and the Giants are 2-0. We've talked to Eagles. We've liked this team uh, for, for quite a bit of time here. We're not quite uh, setting up the parade on Broadway, but we do like this team. We were early adopters. Oh, come on. <laughs> Fly, Eagles, fly, but... I mean, come on. The, the, the Giants could easily be 0-2. Come on, we know this. I mean, stop with be this. Be careful, Michael. Giants Twitter is a little spicy. They're a little spicy. Oh, I love it. They're great. Uh, good for them. And they, sh- they Look, after winning 22 games over the last five years, stick your goddamn chest out. Be proud of yourself. Yeah, hell yeah. But, like, let's have some realistic, you know, if they, they're gonna ha- they have to play perfectly to win. That's a hard thing to do over 17 weeks. You know, it's a hard thing to do over 17 weeks is to play perfectly and win. You know, they've got to manage the quarterback. You know, you got to manage the quarterback. You can't give up big plays in the pass game. You got to make sure that you, you can get some kind of pass rush. You got to be really good at in-game adjustments, which I thought they did last week. So it's a hard, it's a hard, I mean, look, what's the difference between the Panthers and the Giants? Nothing. Okay. Panthers, Panthers are 0-2, Giants 2-0. and Panthers are better. Panthers lost two games because they turned the ball over. They've turned the ball over. It's a, it's the, and they can't create a turnover. It's as simple as that. You know, it's a simple. They've lost. They lost on a 57, 54 yard, sixty four yard field goal, and they and they lose on another field goal. They lost two They lost two games by five. I mean, the margin is so different. Let me ask you: If the Panthers and the Giants played five games, I think the Panthers win seven. But <laughs> down that Sunday, they didn't. <laughs> No, I agree. I mean, the Panthers were, were road favorites in New York. Like, let's get real. I know the Giants won the game, and Giants Twitter is going to get all spicy. Hang the banner for being above 500 for the first time since 2016. I don't care. The Giants are not a good football team. I, I have no confidence in them. No, at, I, I don't care either. I mean, yeah, I'll I keep. Care. I mean, they might win 11 games, and I'll still say it. Like, yeah. they're not. Please, they're, they're not good. Please win 11 games so I can bet everything against you in the playoffs. Uh, 0-2. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which 0-2 team do you think is most equipped to bounce back? We have the Bengals, Titans, Raiders, Panthers, and the Falcons. Which one do you think gets out of the hole? Bengals, Titans, Raiders, Panthers. Well, I mean, I think the Panthers can get out of this. I think they they play, look, they play New Orleans really well. They play New Orleans mm-hmm. well. They played them well last year. They play, I think they held up to 180 yards on def- last year with Winston, at quarterback, uh, in Carolina. And then at the end of the year, they moved the ball on them. They scored last year in the beginning of the year. They, they had a good plan against the, the Dennis Allen. I mean, look, do I think Carolina is going to be a Super Bowl team? No, but I think they can be respectable. I I think the Raiders, to me, when I watch the Raiders, and I have a personal interest in this, obviously, as I do with Carolina, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the Raiders have to figure out who they are, right? You you know, you're a new coach, you're a new staff, you get in there, you got to manage yourself. This is, to me, the theme of week two. And once you do that, you know, okay, this is really who I am. Make the adjustments and then get going. So I, I think they got a chance to turn this thing around at 0-2. Uh, who else did you give me? I, I Cincinnati's offensive line. To me, 13 sacks in two games. You know, everybody's betting them against the Jets. No, no one's betting them against the Jets. Only 7% of the money's coming in on the Bengals. Bad lines don't travel, Femi. I mean, bad mm-hmm. lines don't travel. And, and if you can pressure – and poor Burrow's getting the shit beat out of them. And the other problem is, too – you know, we all talk about Jamar Chase being great, and he is great. 
but he's averaging 12 yards. He's got one touchdown. You know, his target percentage this year, his target percentage this year is 50%. So he's had so many targets and he's only had 50% of the catches. That's horrible. That's horrible, you know? And so can't protect, can't get the ball to your best player, and you can't make a big play. I, I think that's a hard recipe to overcome. It's a bad one. The Bengals were the AFC champions last year. The Titans were the number one seed in the AFC, both of them 0-2. Do you believe the Titans can get out of this hole? I mean, look, I, I, I like the Titans defensively. I don't like them offensively, but they've got a bunch of injuries right now. I respect the shit out of Vrabel. I don't like their talent base. Mm-hmm. I've always thought Vrabel's gotten more out of their talent than theirs. I don't think they have a. I don't think they're weapons offensively. And Henry has. They haven't rushed for a hundred yard game. They haven't played their game. They got to play their game. If they beat the Raiders this week, it's because Henry runs the ball and they have it thirty four minutes and the Raiders can't get the ball back. That that's how they got to win. And Tannehill makes plays with his feet. But you know they got two starting tackles out going into this game. That's going to be a problem. Who's the receiver that you fear? If you take Robert Woods out of the game, is Burks going to beat you? With no, I don't think so. So where where are they getting points from? I mean, the Giants did a nice job with them. You know, mm-hmm. limit Henry from running, curtail him, and then make sure that you can block the front. You got to block Simmons. You got to block this front, but the corners you can make plays on. We'll talk about that Raiders Titans game as well as among uh, the other games on Sunday's slate when we come back here. This is the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Michael, final segment before we get out of here. We got to run down Sunday's slate, the game I'm most excited about, Bills-Dolphins. We've gone in-depth with this one, but I want to know who Uh will win this contest right now over at DraftKings. Buffalo, six-point favorites, total 52.5. So the Bills are expected to win, and we're expecting a lot of points. Who wins down in South Beach? You know, I've been working on my numbers now for three years, and I I think Buffalo currently has the lowest total of number – of a power ranking that I've had over this three-year period. That's mm-hmm. been really impressive. Now, I know it's only a two-game sample, but you know, you've got they but the two games they played are against teams that were playoff teams last year. So, you know, I have this game really, I have this game as Buffalo should be even on the road, Buffalo should be an eight-point favorite. So Ooh. I think Buffalo wins. I would probably take the points only because I think these rivalries tend to be closer than we think. Uh, mm-hmm. It's down to three and a half the lines, three and a half. You know, I, I think Miami will make plays in the game. There's no doubt. You know, I think they will. But I think at the end of the day, Buffalo's pressure is going to be. The weather's not going to be a factor like it, tonight in Pittsburgh, in Cleveland, where they're going to have, what, 20-mile-an-hour winds? Mm-hmm. Watch Mitchell throw that ball into 20-mile-an-hour. That'll be fun. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you in taking the points with the Dolphins. I didn't take the points with the Titans last week because I've always – I was like, hey, this has blowout potential, but – Famous last words, I'm going to step in front of this Buffalo wagon this Sunday and yeah. pray to God that I can somehow get out alive with a cover. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a – I wrote about this on Visa. I think you're going to pay a tax for Buffalo. Yeah, You know, 100%. now this line is what, five and a half? Six. I mean, should it be – it's it's six now. I mean, so like should you – you know, that's a that's – a, to me, that's a – there's a little bit of a tax there. Should it be four and a half? I don't uh, – maybe. 
you know, I think there's a, there's definitely a tax here. You definitely are paying it. Raiders one and a half point road favorites in Nashville taking on the Titans total 45. We talked about this game as well, but which 0-2 team do you think gets their first victory of the season? Well, I mean, I hope it's the Raiders, you know, selfishly, as you know. But mm-hmm. I, I think the Raiders have to play better offensively. Their execution has to improve, you know, and, and they've got to get the ball to their best players. And Carr's got to raise – everybody on on the Raiders have to raise their level, how they coach, how they play, how they perform. You know, to me, Tennessee has to play one way. They've got to run the ball, play action pass, and their defense has got to control the front. That's going to be a concern for the Raiders. Can this offensive line block this front? This front's pretty good. You know, and they were putting pressure on Allen early in the game, and he made some great throws. So I, I think this is a field goal game. You know, the Raiders typically play better. I think Carr's got to really step up. He's the better quarterback. They should be able mm-hmm. to do it. It's just going to, he's going to have to make plays in the fourth quarter. I think that Titans secondary is going to struggle with those Raiders pass catchers as long as the Raiders can protect and give Carr a little bit of time to find some of those playmakers. Patriots are hosting the Ravens this Sunday. New England, two and a half point home underdogs, total 43 and a half. There was the video that surfaced Wednesday. Lamar has the wrap on his elbow, didn't throw, but he says that he's going to throw a lot on Sunday. So no worries. What do you think happens in Foxborough? Well, I mean, the, the Patriots have been a home, do- home underdog 19 times with Belichick, and they've been 15-4 and four against the spread in those home underdogs. Is that good? <laughs> it's all solid. <laughs> I mean, solid. I'm asking. I mean, is that good? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I think New England's better. I think New England's faster on defense. Uh, again, I, I think New England's offense has moved the football. They, they, they've controlled it. They've run the ball there. I think they've got their running game going a little bit better. Baltimore's defense did not look good last week. Now, whether they match up better this week, I think that's better. I think I lean towards taking the home dog. I mean, there's so many home dogs this week, fam. I mean, are you mm-hmm. are you down the home dog road this week? Uh, in this game, I am. I already bet Patriots plus three. So seeing it go to two and a half was music to my ears. And we're going to hold on. Hopefully the Patriots can keep this game close. I think they end up winning this football yeah. game. I, I thought maybe around a pick was the fair line for this. This is one of those games that I always look at during the week. And as I monitor games, I monitor what I monitor Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and before we do the show is I monitor uh, who's where the public's betting, where the money is. I, I like low ticket, high money. So, and I like low ticket count. So this game started on Monday. The Patriots were only getting twenty three percent of the money. Then a bunch of money came in on Baltimore, and that lowered down to twenty. And yet this morning it's up to thirty three, which moved the line. So not all money's the same in betting. We know we mm-hmm. know this, but when to me, I don't want to be on the side of the how of the of the public. Like for example, Miami's not getting bet at all. That's why that number. I think that number, if it, 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 you know, it could easily go to six and a half. I mean, they they started on Monday at fourteen percent. It's gone to nineteen. Now it's eighteen. You know, and if they don't have Xavier Howard in the game, I think it becomes even harder for them. So I like that. And what I love is low ticket count. Like for the Patriots, they only have 20% of the tickets, Mm -hmm. but they're getting 33% of the money. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but that'll really escalate as it goes forward. That's what I'm always looking for. And then I handicap the games from there. Out West, we have the Chargers hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars, LA, seven-point home favorites, total 47, but the story nationally in this one is Justin Herbert and the rib cartilage. How's he going to look? Is he going to play? What percentage is he? But you think, Michael, the story might be about the other team. 
I, I think Jacksonville's played really well. I think Jacksonville can win the West, can definitely win the South. Their defense is playing. I mean, that game against Indianapolis was over at the seven minute mark in the first quarter. It was over at that point. It was over. It, I mean, the the Jaguars' opponent in the game with seven minutes to go elapsed in the first half was the clock, not not the not the Colts. I mean, they dominated up front. They ran the ball effectively. They can run with Robinson and AT. ATN is fabulous, by the way. Yeah. And I think Lawrence is playing, starting to play pretty good football. So I think the Chargers, you know, even though they've had some time with Herbert, you know, I don't know where they are with their offensive line. Remember, they lost two offensive linemen last Thursday night. Are they going to play? This front's good for Jacksonville. They're mm-hmm. good. And I, I just think seven's a lot of points. I think seven's a lot of points. Now, this is one of those games where no one's betting the Chargers. Like, no one's betting the Chargers at, in terms of cash. A lot of people are betting the Chargers in terms of $2 tickets. So this game has 55% of the, t- of the tickets are being written on Jacksonville, 45 on the on, on the Chargers. Jacksonville's getting 94% of the money. Falcons And the, the line's oh. not moving. And the line's not moving. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, we don't know what the Herbert status is going to be. I think we want a little bit more clarity before getting involved with that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pass that game uh, and see what happens <laughs> just from a football standpoint. Falcons-Seahawks, not the sexiest of matchups, but one that interested you here. Seahawks, one-point favorites over at DraftKings, total 42. What jumped out to you between the Battle of the Birds? Well, I think it flipped. I mean, DraftKings has – there's a lot of books that have Atlanta's the favorite by two. Wow. I mean, I, I don't think anybody has any respect for Seattle's team, unfortunately. I think, you know, now they're playing at home. You know, Atlanta's play. this will be the second West Coast game for Atlanta. I don't know if they stayed out there or they went home. I'm not they, sure. They stayed. They, but, they're practicing at the University of Washington. So, you know, they're out there. They're getting cut. I mean, look, it, they're running an offense that can attack the Seattle defense. Seattle's didn't, had a hard time putting pressure on the passer. And you can and, and Seattle, excuse me, Atlanta can run this Patterson. They can run the ball, and mm-hmm. Mariota's made enough plays. He makes mistakes. I just worry about how can Seattle, you know, stop them. I think that's going to be the issue. And if it's a close game, if you made me pick them, I think Atlanta. Even though I don't think Atlanta's a great team, I think they're the better team. How about the afternoon premier matchup that we have between the two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, <sighs> Tom Brady, Packers, Bucks. Shockingly, though, we have a total of 41 and a half. Just this goes to show you where these yeah. offenses are at right now in week three. Bucks favored by one and a half. Who wins on Sunday? Well, I mean, if Green Bay doesn't play better run defense against Tampa, then I think Tampa's going to win the game. I think Tampa wins the game. Tampa's good on defense. We know this. And mm-hmm. so is Green Bay. But Montgomery ran fairly. What, he run for 180 yards against them last week? So Green Bay's got to really tighten that down. Uh, I, I just think, to me... I don't know if Cole Beasley will be the receiver they activate. There's a lack of trust both quarterbacks have with that receiving core. Yeah. So I think to I mean I think this is once it gets down to a pick'em game, I lean towards Tampa hard. Nobody's betting Tampa though. Fifteen percent of the tick of the money's on Tampa. That's it. Yeah, we'll see how the Mike Evans loss for Tampa Bay with him being suspended, how that affects that offense. Funny note though, Julian Edelman said on Inside the NFL that he didn't get a call and that he didn't want to quote talk about this so, so no call for from brady for his guy jules there he said hey maybe jules you've been out for too long let's, my, let's keep you in the studio <laughs> my, my man jules was over there hanging out with the have you watched this guy on instagram uh I he's haven't. called brilliantly dumb 
No. Oh, he's hilarious. He's absolutely hilarious. He's <laughs> his name's Robbie Berger, and he's in the golfing world, and he's got like a group of guys that he hangs out with. It's he's, I mean, his videos are absolutely hilarious. But I saw my man Julian on there the other day, and I I'm like, God damn! I mean, you know, you're everywhere. It's awesome. It's great. You yeah. know, people don't realize how tough Julian was. I mean, he was truly a tough. I mean, he had great quickness. He had athleticism, but he was tough. And every day after practice, he would always come up to you and said. What do I got to do to get better? I mean, that mm. that to me is why he's he'll be successful in anything he does. Let's get to the last game on Sunday's slate. Sunday Night Football, San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy G back at QB1 taking on Nathaniel Hackett and, and Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. The Niners, one and a half point road favorites in the Mile High City, total 45. Uh, I, I just can't wait to see what other coaching blunder Hackett comes up with in primetime. Well, I mean, the front of this 49er team is really good, and it's going to require that Russell – I mean, look, Russell's played against this team. If there's a team that has the advantage here, it's the Broncos. Russell's played against it how many times? He yeah. knows the scheme. He knows the players. He should have a good day. Look, say whatever you want about the Denver team. They've moved the ball. They've made yep. blunders. I mean, if they eliminate their red zone blunders, they should be you know, they should be a higher-scoring team. I mean, they're like third in the league in yards. They've just – Screw it up when they get down there. This will be a, we'll find out how good. I think San Francisco's defense really good. We're going to find out how good. And if they make Russell move and have to kind of make plays on his own, we'll, I think that's going to be a challenge. And if they play Williams, the running back in Denver, that's the guy. I mean, for Williams to have 22 carries and for Gordon to have 22 carries, to me, there's a balance, there's an indifference there, but there's a difference between the two players. I mean, Williams is the guy. I, I, I mean, I think the, Denver's defense has played well, too. So I, I could see why this opened up Denver as the favorite. I really could. All right, Michael. That's Sunday's slate. If you're looking for Michael's pick, as always, we talked about that in the last podcast last week, but the VEASAN Pro Daily email every Sunday. You can get Michael's picks for the day in the National Football League. Where, also, where, when oh, do you make your picks? How come oh, I'm, the, I'm, the guy, I'm the only guy who doesn't bet anything, and oh, I make no. picks, and you bet everything, <laughs> and I don't hear your picks? I, I, I write about them on the VEASAN Best Bets column. That should be coming out tomorrow oh, okay, on great. Friday. Yeah, VEASAN oh, Best good. Bets column. It comes out. You'll see who I like this week in the National Football League. Also, programming note, the podcast it. will be a little bit later on Monday, so look out for that coming up later in the afternoon, Monday, after as we react to everything that happens in week three of the National Football League. But that does it for us. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Thank you to our producer, Stephen Bond, as always, on the ones and twos. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to VEASAN. Thank you to you, Michael, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Thank you, Femi. I appreciate it, Stephen Bond. 